Hello again. I'm Pete Torriello. And I'm Maureen Torriello. And it's time for the Sonic Boomers podcast. Recently, some kids in our neighborhood set up a lemonade stand, right? Yes, they did. And you said to me, I didn't know people even did that anymore. Mm-hmm. And you and I got into a discussion as to what did we do as youngsters to raise money. Right. And I said, I didn't do a darn thing because I was a spoiled (laughs) only child. Yeah. So I would, I would say what I wanted and I get it. <laughs> and, Lucky you. And I, and I will not apologize for it. I'm not um, asking you to. <laughs> <laughs> now, there were times that my mom did say no. And then I would throw a temper tantrum and I'd wind up getting it. Oh, good for you. <laughs> now, did you get an allowance? I think that that was an on-off kind of thing, mm-hmm. that there were times that I did, times that I didn't. I did get tooth fairy money, mm-hmm. so I would, like, go in my bedroom and, like, knock my teeth out <laughs> and put them under... No, I, but I, I did get yeah. tooth fairy money. Yeah. But, no, I never did a lemonade stand or anything like that because I, uh, you know, I didn't have a newspaper route. I didn't have to do any of that stuff. Yeah. You know, mom and dad provided it, and, yeah, there were times that my mom would say, not this week, Peter. Right. You know, the mortgage is due. That, that $35 mortgage payment <laughs> <laughs> that, that we found was due. And she would say, the mortgage is due this week, Peter. Don't ask me for nothing. Right, right. Or something a little more spicy than, than that. But that <laughs> was kind cleaned of- cleaned it up for- that, uh, Yeah, yeah. That, was kind of, <laughs> that was kind of the gist of it, though. Now, for me, I mean, my parents, you know, they, I'm thinking they, they had to have footed some of the bills because what we did didn't earn us a lot of money. Mm-hmm. But if we wanted to do, um, you know, something on our own, if we wanted to, say, uh, go to the movies or go, a big thing was to go to the roller rink or the ice skating rink, uh, we pretty much earned our own keep on that. And we did a variety of things. We were very creative. I mean, we did the Kool-Aid stand. and uh, How much did you charge? I think it was five cents a glass or 10 yeah. cents a glass. Do we know what the kids in the neighborhood here were charging? I don't know. A few weeks ago? I don't know. I'd be curious. Probably like a dollar or something. Yeah. But don't forget. I've been forget. meaning to talk to you about that $14 glass of lemonade <laughs> that uh, <laughs> Well, I mean, don't forget, selling. a packet of Kool-Aid powder yeah. was a nickel. So for us to sell it for five cents a glass or ten cents a glass, yeah. if we sold one glass, we recouped our, yeah. <laughs> our, our losses well, or whatever. Well, good, that's good business. It was very good business. And what was even better business was we found, you know how they say in real estate, location, location, location. Oh, yeah. Well, our house, the backyard, would, would back up against Underhill Field, which is where Columbia High School had all their sporting events. They had their... Uh, Baseball, they had football, they had all the all their sporting things took place there, and their practices. 
So we found that if we made a lemonade or Kool-Aid stand outside the gate to Underhill Field, at the end of the practice of the football team, those guys came out and they were thirsty. Mm -hmm. They had sweated. They were dying for a drink. They would plunk down a dollar, five dollars, and take the whole picture. <laughs> so we found location so you, was key. You guys, you guys cleaned up then. We did. Wow. We absolutely wow. did. Um, but it, you know, it, that was, you know, just sometimes we did that. We didn't do that all the time. The other, another time, I remember, we used to make potholders. You know, some of you may remember those little those looms with the loops, and you stretched them and you wove potholders. With, it was you know like a crafty kind of thing, and we went door to door selling potholders. Now, did you ever put on a show for money? Well, that was uh, I'm getting to that. Okay. <laughs> then in the summertime, we quite often did do a show or a carnival. Sometimes we did a carnival. All right, now what what did you do in a carnival? Because when you're having a, when you're having a carnival, you got to have rides and stuff. Well, <laughs> we took care <laughs> you of made that. Your own rides. We kind of did. Well, I had a swing set, so you know, <laughs> we put them on and push them really high. I remember the one time um, my aunt Kay and Uncle Joe they owned a laundry, and I guess the the soap powder or whatever that they used in laundry came in these big cardboard barrels mm -hmm. with like a, a metal top and bottom on them and they would give them to my mom because she used them for storing clothes and storage and stuff so we had one of those in the yard and we would put somebody inside the barrel and roll them around but more when we did the carnival, it was Just like more, something out of the, the little rascals. It kind but, uh, of was. It kind air, of was fresh air taxi cab. Yeah, but we um, but more than than the rides where we would do things like uh, set up games, you know, uh, knock over the bottle or, uh, you know, darts and the throw a dart and hit the the bullseye or. Uh, you know, things like that that we would come up with. And, it, you know, <laughs> we didn't get a lot of people, but there were always some kids from the neighborhood that were not our, in our immediate circle, and they yeah. would come and they'd bring their nickels and dimes. And it was a fun day. And the preparation was as much fun as anything. How did you charge a flat fee for everything, or did you charge per, if you want this, it's 10 cents. If you want this, it's two cents. It was, everything was separate okay. for the carnival. Yeah. Now, when we did a show, which we did more often than not, we would, it was like a whole, we played, it was, took our whole summer. Like we would take maybe a whole month and we would rehearse every day and we would learn our lines and we'd come up with costumes and scenery. And I mean, we really went, nuts with it um our curtain was a bedspread on the clothesline and it was like Ch -ch -ch -ch. <laughs> well and then when my neighbor marlene got a garage with a door then we we used the inside of the garage as our stage and then we would pull down the door in between scenes and then we would have an intermission and we would go out and sell cookies and kool-aid and that was that was on top of your admission fee. Okay, now what kind of a show did I get for my hard-earned admission fee? Well, the one year we did Heidi, and we we 
<laughs> and if you remember in the story Heidi, there's the I think it's Clara is like a, a girl that's she's in a wheelchair. Mm-hmm. Now we didn't have any way to do a wheelchair, so we altered the text of the play just a wee bit. Yeah. And there's one part where. Um, I guess Clara gets up and tries to walk and her wheelchair goes over the cliff because Heidi's in the mountains with her grandfather. And the the line is, oh no, Grandpa, Heidi's wheelchair has gone over the cliff. Well, we we didn't have a wheelchair, so we changed to her crutches. <laughs> she dropped her crutches and the the they fell off the cliff. But you know, we 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 were we were creative. Yeah, it was yeah. fun. We came up, like I said, we did costumes, we did makeup. I mean, we did the whole the whole gamut, and it kept us busy every day for like the whole summer. And like we oh, were playing look, her, it for her wheelchair, her her wheelbarrow <laughs> went over the. <laughs> over but we the we would plan it, and but you know. And like say by August, that was that you know that was what we were working towards for the whole summer. Mm-hmm. Sometimes we did a show that was like a like a talent show, and we would do different things like come out and dance and sing and you know uh, tell jokes or whatever. <laughs> I remember my little brother Drew; he was you know a lot younger than he. I'm, there's 10 years difference between him and I. Mm-hmm. So he was still kind of like a toddler when we were doing some of this. And he would have like, a, you know, talk baby talk or whatever. And there was a um, a commercial on TV. I think it was for Lucky Strike cigarettes. And it was like, I'd rather fight than switch. Yeah, I remember that. And I think they had like somebody with a black, with a black eye, eye or something. <laughs> we, we taught... Baby Drew to say, fight and switch. And we, put, we made a black eye on him. <laughs> and we brought him out. Drew, what would you rather do? I'd rather fight and switch. <laughs> and that was his talent. Yeah, you know? yeah. But, um, you know, the, the main thing is it didn't cost anything. And the second thing is it kept us busy and, you know, engaged and we weren't getting into trouble. That might have been the more important part. Yeah. That you were kept busy. You had something to do. Mm-hmm. And the money part would be, yeah, right, if we made a few cents off it, okay. Right, right. The other thing that we did for money was return empty bottles to the, the store. I remember kids a in our neighborhood. Of, a lot of soda bottles here. had deposits on them back in the day. And if you brought it back, you'd get like, you know, two cents for the little bottles. I think a nickel for the big bottles. I don't know. Um, but I, I know there was there was one day in particular where we wanted to go to the movies. And between the like three or four of us, we didn't have enough. We, we pulled all our money together and it was like we were going to need another couple bucks to, to make it happen. So our neighbor across the street said, well, I've got a bunch of bottles down in my basement. If you want to return them, you can have the the money from them. Well, we went down her basement and she had like cases and cases of empty Pepsi bottles. And we loaded up wagons and we went to the store and we, we brought them in and they were like, after a while, they were like, we can't take anywhere. We don't have room for this. We made like three or four trips back and forth. What was it, like two cents a bottle or something? I, or? I, you know, I like the like I said, the small individual bottles, I think were like two cents. But if you had like the, well, they didn't have two liter bottles in those days, but the, the bigger 
bottles that you would yeah. get. I think they were like maybe five cents, maybe 10 cents. I don't know. I really don't remember anymore. But between us, we made these trips back and forth, back and forth, and we got enough to go to the movies that day. I remember in Madison Park here, mm-hmm. when I was growing up, uh, there was a, a guy down the street. I think it was maybe a, a teenager yeah. by this time. Cliff Harwin. Because I went to school with his sister, Michelle. Okay. And I remember Cliff collected bottles, and he would come to, to our house and knock on the door and ask my mom if if we had bottles. And I remember we used to get Hoffman soda. Mm-hmm. And my folks would keep the bottles on the porch, on like the windowsill mm-hmm. in the back of the porch. And Cliff would come and, and take the bottles because, you know, my folks didn't want to be bothered with sure. deposit and return and all that. Right, so right. Cliff would come and get the bottles, as I recall. And just, he could pocket the money then for yeah. whatever he yeah. got. Yeah, that's a good deal. So, I mean, like, were, we had a lot of different ways that we, we earned our keep, you know. Um, like I said, I, I did get an allowance, but get this, it was a dollar fifty every two weeks. So you had to unionize. <laughs> you should have unionized. Well, with three kids, yeah. we were like, we, you know, we were glad to get anything, you know, uh, and then we would go to my grandparents on, on Sunday, and my grandfather would say, he would give us what he called Sunday money. It was a quarter. And he'd give each one of us a quarter. So we would have a dollar seventy five. I think, and I'm just grabbing at straws mm-hmm. here, but when I did have an allowance, I think it was about five bucks a week. See, you're spoiled. <laughs> you were spoiled. It was good to be Petey. I guess so. <laughs> it was good to be an only child. Now, when I was in high school, yeah, it was different. I babysat then and had legitimate money, but I got like a dollar an hour and two dollars an hour after midnight, and uh, that was, you know, that was more like real money at the yeah, time. Yeah. And quite often, I would. Uh, go babysitting on a Saturday and then like the next week we would go shopping and spend the money. I, I made a lot of my own clothes and I could buy I could buy fabric and a pattern and all the things that I needed for the five dollars that I would usually get babysitting and I'd have an outfit. So it was it was, you know, it was good all the way around. I think sometimes that it, it was great being an only child mm-hmm. because I got spoiled. Yeah. You know, I've alluded to on previous podcasts that even at Christmas time, I got spoiled because you didn't come to me at Christmas time and fob off one gift mm-hmm. as Christmas and birthday because my, my birthday is on the 27th. Right. But I always got, here's something for Christmas, Peter, and here's something for your birthday. Because if you brought me one present, mm-hmm. I would say, Go back. Go, no, I didn't. I, I would I'm hope just not. Being, I'm just being funny. Although people that know me say, yeah, I can see him doing that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I, I usually got two gifts. Well, that's good for you. So, but that's the, so that's the good part about being the, an only child. The bad part of it is it can be lonely. Mm-hmm. It can be lonely. Now, if I had a brother... Uh, who was anything like me, Mm -hmm. I'd probably hate the guy. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> You'd be fighting all the time. Be fighting all the time over stuff. But uh, yeah, I mean, you know, the the good thing was, you know, being in a neighborhood full of kids. I had my my sister and brother, and you know, like there was always somebody around to play with, and uh, yeah. we made our own our own fun, and you know, we we were kind of brought up and everybody in my neighborhood was about in the same boat economically or whatever and we we just knew better like you don't ask for stuff you figure it out yourself and you only ask when there's no other option like you know otherwise you just figure out what you're gonna do and you made your plans and I think we were kind of better for it in the long run because we learned to be self-reliant we learned to be independent and uh you know, I, th I think it was a good way to be. I think it was because as much fun as it was to be spoiled rotten, you are correct. I didn't learn to be self-sufficient until much later. Mm -hmm. And when I didn't get what I wanted, I would get really upset and throw little tantrums and you know, I, I would be a handful. Never occurred to me, well, Peter, get up off your butt and earn some money and go get it yourself. Right, right. And we even did things like raking leaves. Yeah. I don't remember snow shoveling too much. We, you know, we, snow, we shoveled our own houses, but I don't think we did the neighbors. I mean, you know, that was, was enough to get our own stuff done. But, you know, we did good good things for other people, and that was, you know part of it too was you know learning a, a air of service of making your community better of helping people you know it, it was a lot, a lot of good lessons there well it's never too late to do what you should have done and so what i'm going to do this summer okay is you ready you this, put on a show. this is gold <laughs> this is gold i'm going to have a lemonade stand <laughs> out in front of the house this summer. Okay. But I'm going to be selling hard lemonade. <laughs> okay. Without a liquor license. Okay, I'm going to be selling hard lemonade and I'm going to have an app. You ready for this? I'm ready. It's going to be called the Lemon App. Get it? Lemonade? Lemonade, Lemon, lemon app. app. And you can order your hard lemonade on the Lemon App. Oh, you're brilliant. See? <laughs> Or I could even set up like uh, an iced tea stand, and I'll Long, sell Long, Long Island, Island iced tea. tea. Yeah, <laughs> that's all. There you go. Don't drink too much of this tea. Get it. <laughs> I can't wink. I can't. Ain't I could never. Could, I never could wink. So we asked some of our our listeners yeah. to weigh in on what they did, and I was quite surprised because, like I said, I grew up in a you know, middle-class neighborhood and everybody was kind of in the same boat and we all, you know, earned, did a lot to earn our money, but I was quite surprised at how many of our listeners had experiences a little closer to yours where their parents just kind of forked over the dough. Well, wait a minute. You grew up in Maplewood. Mm -hmm. Isn't Maplewood kind of affluent? Yeah. Because I know when, when you and I were dating mm -hmm. and my dad knew that you were from Maplewood, he was like, oh, maybe he's marrying into money. Little did he know. Little did he know. Little did I know. <laughs> but, uh, you know, so we, we, we quizzed our, our, 
our listeners yes. to and challenge them to to write in. And here's a couple of the responses that we had. Now, Mary, she said she did have an allowance and she also had a paper route. And uh, Michelle, she said, we had chores to do, paid or not. They just had to be done. But they got cash handed over if they needed to go shopping. We have Carol. Carol said, we never had allowances. My parents were always of the mindset that if we needed something, we should just ask them. That worked well, but we also set up lemonade stands quite often and used our earnings to walk to Dairy Queen or to the candy store at night. There's 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 something dating you right there, walking anywhere at night yeah, these days. I, By our teenage years, my two sisters and I all had jobs and paid for our fashion choices and teenage outings. Ah, the good life, says Carol. <laughs> That was the other thing, too. If we went to the store for my mom, she'd give us a little bit extra to go to the candy store and buy a candy bar or get a 10-cent Coke at the counter. So that was like another little bit of, of money that we would get along the way. Now, Trish, she said, we asked our folks when we needed something or were going to the mall. But for my kids, I got tired of wheedling to get chores done, so I devised this. Now, she's brilliant. Sunday morning, a list of the week's chores were on the fridge along with the dollar amount for each, like vacuuming, $2, etc. Kids signed up for what they wanted to do, so they determined their allowance for the week. Any job not signed up for by Friday evening was community property, and everyone had to pitch in and get it done. No money for that taught them that they could earn what they needed and determine their own spending ability. Also taught them that leaving it for the last minute did not mean mom and dad would do it. Now, when we were raising R3, didn't mm-hmm. we do that for a while? We did that for a while. Like I, I started allocating a, a dollar amount to some of the chores. And then they tried to unionize the three <laughs> of them. You know, there's three of us here. There's strength in numbers. We ought to form a union. <laughs> We'll pick at the house. <laughs> no, but uh, I think that I, what I didn't factor into it, which I like what Trish did, was that at the end, anything not not done yeah. was done anyway, and yeah. you didn't and get paid for it. And now you're not getting paid for it. I like that aspect of it. I wish I had thought of that. I wish I knew Trish back then. <laughs> that would have been a really good one. But we did we did do the, the pay per chore thing. Yeah, I thought we did. And... Uh, you know, we allocated a higher amount to things that you and I didn't feel like doing, like cleaning out the pantry or something. That would be like a $5 yeah, one, you yeah. know, versus uh, dusting, maybe clean, clean the toilet. Well, that's going to be $7 because that's hazard pay. <laughs> yeah. That's that's toxicological waste. I get go. $7 for that. But, uh, I, you know, I think that I, I really like that idea. And Vicky said when she was 15, she got to the point where she didn't want to use the shampoo her mom bought for all the kids. She wanted silkyants because it smelled good and I thought it would give me luxurious hair. She told her mother told her that she'd pay for the basics, but if you want fancy shampoo, you got to work for the extras. So she babysat for a dollar an hour and through that, she bought herself a Schwinn Continental 10-speed bike, nice. a stereo for her room, albums, and her fancy shampoo. Yeah. 
And she also no, got... No suave for this girl. Nope. And she also got an allowance, which in 1975 was minimal, but it made her extremely proud of her purchases because she did it herself all on her own. And finally, Frank says, you had a newspaper route. Yeah. yeah. And it's interesting. All the people that responded were women except for Frank. Yeah. So uh, what did you guys do? <laughs> uh why did we have to do anything? We had you to do it for us. Oh, no. <laughs> you're, you're going to get yourself a deep, deep deal on know, that one. I know, that I know. One. I'm just goofing around. I know. But at any rate, I thought it was a, a, an interesting uh, snapshot into our past and into the past of some of our our listeners and yeah. our followers. And Because uh, I did post on the, the Madison Park mm-hmm. page and said, that you know we were sorry we didn't know that you were out there selling and next time if if we know we'll come out there and we'll sure. we'll buy some sure. some lemonade yeah always when you see a kid out there always buy always something. buy just like girl scout cookies <laughs> oh i know always buy the girl scout cookies come and the on candy bars and yeah. yeah yeah i mean you know even if you just get one i mean yeah. just something to help the kid out you know yeah yeah you get that at work a lot. You know, my kids in Cub Scouts or Girl Scouts are selling this, that, and the other thing. And we, we always bought. I know. You know <laughs> not to mention we enjoy the cookies. So. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> okay. It is time for Baby Boomer Trivia Quiz. Yeah. And I have a, I have a good question for you, and I think you may, may get this one. Okay. Are you ready? Mm-hmm. Okay. Here is your question. It is from the RPM category, okay. so it's a, a music question. What initial hit did Barry Manilow change the title of to avoid confusion on a concurrent Looking Glass tune of 1974? Oh, gosh. Your time begins now. remember back then what initial hit did Barry Manilow change the title of to avoid confusion with a concurrent looking glass tune of 1974 I, I don't know okay, looking glass was brandy uh, right, refined okay. well the Barry Manilow song was mandy okay he changed the name to mandy okay 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 all right go ahead hit me (laughs) (laughs) all right uh i've got two so let me give you this first one and then we'll see okay this is from publishing and i never thought about this where did perry mason practice law Where did Perry Mason practice law? Hmm. In a courtroom. <laughs> it actually was Los Angeles. Really? And I, you know, I never thought about a location where, no uh, you know, but that that's where it was. And I, I thought that was interesting. I hadn't really thought I about had that. I no clue. Uh, the other one that I was thinking of was at RPM. Mm-hmm. And it was, what 
1982 Willie Nelson Song of the Year was recorded by Elvis Presley 10 years earlier. Start the clock again. Willie Nelson. It was recorded by Elvis. 10 years years earlier earlier. to Willie Nelson's hit with it. Wow. Uh... You were always on my mind. Really? I didn't know Elvis did that. Yeah, he did. That, the, the later Elvis. The later Elvis, I think it was. Well, yeah, because the, the 10 fat, years the, earlier. The fat Elvis. <laughs> well, 10 years earlier, it, Willie Nelson's was in 1982, so 10 years earlier would have been 72. Yeah. So it was Elvis. Yeah, like that, was, the, that was the fat Vegas <laughs> Elvis. Vegas Elvis. But uh, again, I, I, I thought that was interesting. I yeah. didn't realize that Elvis had done that. Wow. Yeah, I'm, learn I'm, something I'm, I'm, new I'm every for day. Two. Yeah. I'm 0 for 2. Oh, well. And you were 0 for 1. So. Yeah. Not, not, a, not a good day. Not Is there a another good day one for I can us. redeem myself with? Or not? You know what? Let's try it. Let's try it. We have about two minutes left on the show because we usually try to do these in a half hour. So okay. we've got a little bit well. of time left. Whoa, it's out of control. <laughs> Here we go. Um, okay. What was the name of the day that honorary Mouseketeers were created on the Mickey Mouse Club? What was the name of the day that honorary Mouseketeers were created on the Mickey Mouse Club? Now, are you talking like Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, or was there a special name? They had a special name for the day. Okay. Honorary Mouseketeers. On a Mouska Monday. <laughs> Boy, that fail buzzer's getting a workout today. Yeah. No, it was actually called Talent Roundup Day. Ah. Oh. I don't remember that. And I used to watch the Mickey Mouse yeah, Club. Yeah, I did too. I don't remember Talent Roundup Day. I don't know. Do you remember the hosts of the Mickey Mouse Club? The two guys? Jimmy and Roy. Jimmy and Roy. Jimmy Dodd. And Roy, I'm thinking Neil, but I'm not sure. I don't know. I don't remember. It was the always last Jimmy name. Dodd in my head, okay. but Roy was always Roy, uh, the, the heavy bald guy. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that was it. That was it. Yeah, yeah. And of course, Annette <laughs> for yeah. the cello. Yeah. Okay, is, is that it? I think that's it. All right, that's going to do it for the Sonic Boomers then for this week. We want to thank you for listening, and we invite you to join us again for the next edition of the Sonic Boomers podcast. So be watching and listening for it. Till then, I'm Pete Toriello. And I'm Maureen Toriello. Now go out and make some noise.